Hello, and welcome to Women of Aurora, a podcast featuring remarkable women entrepreneurs and leaders working in and around the city of Aurora, Illinois. We discuss how to be successful in your business and in life as we network, support, and uplift each other. Join us to learn how to build authentic connections and have fun in a safe and open space. Hello, my name is Cynthia Gamblois. I am a multipreneur, philanthropist, and the founder of Women of Aurora. I enjoy making connections with sound and vibrant women making an impact in and around the city of Aurora. While building my network, I knew I wanted to create a safe environment to build connections. Therefore, I founded the Women of Aurora Facebook group, a diverse and safe place for women from all walks of life to share and uplift one another. Today, I am happy to introduce our guest, who is an active member of the wall community. Welcome, Clara Lucia Carrier. Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm thrilled to be to have the opportunity to interview you. I've known you for so many years now, but you know, congratulations on recently graduating with your master's degree. You're also dual certified coach. Why don't you tell our listeners about yourself and your journey? Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's when I kind of like sit back and reflect on what the last couple of years have been, um, the word that comes to mind is an awakening. I've been an entrepreneur since 2014. I founded, um, at that point, my business, Breaking Through Consulting. Up until, you know, three years ago, I just started feeling like there was, there was something inside of me still unsatisfied. There was something that I was yearning for. And what I realized is I was yearning to learning and growing. I found myself kind of like pouring everything that I have known up until that point to my clients. And there was kind of like a hard step about, okay, what else is there? The other thing that happened was I found myself depleted. I just felt that I did not have a drop in my own picture. So I decided to start this journey to learning more about myself and my emotions and the beautiful and magical world of social emotional intelligence. That what set me into these six months, actually it was a year, of, of these uh, training that really awakening me to go deeper and to go inward. Um, and then six months into that journey, I started uh, considering the possibility of going to school again, da, da, da. <laughs> going to school for my master's, uh, not only in a different uh, country, but in a different language, which was by itself a, a big decision. And I, I want to say it was a courageous decision and a choice that I made um, to stretch myself, to bring myself out of my comfort zone and to confront a lot of the fears and a lot of the mistaken beliefs about, well, this is this is really hard and I'm not enough to do it or I'm just a minority and I will be mm. one in a million. So all of those things kind of like played a role. And at that point, I really didn't have the language that I have now. But I know there was just a deeper yearning to connect with people in a different way, to contribute to people in a different way. And the door that opened was I needed to do that with myself first before I could do it with other people. So, so when I hear you talking about your journey and the obstacles that you've had to overcome internally, a bell goes off and we had had this conversation with previous guests about the imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Getting yourself over that hump of understanding that you can do things and that yeah. you can achieve them just because they look difficult yeah. doesn't mean that they, you cannot yeah. get there, right? 
Well, it, it's it's also yeah, that's totally right. And 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 the interesting thing is that whatever we believe, it's actually what ends up happening in reality. What I realize is that for so long, I mean, it's actually there's there's scientific words for it, but. In simple terms, is our programming. Why right? we all develop these? It's not just your DNA, but the relationships that we had with our caregivers, mom and dad, or whoever was present at that point. All of those experiences in your childhood help you determine and created the person who you become. So we have a blueprint already in us. The invitation, though, that all of these training allowed me to learn and to go through, and now that I teach to my clients, is the invitation to consider what's possible beyond that programming, beyond that blueprint. So we tend to think that it's just something that it's set and done, and it really isn't. Uh, The beautiful thing about the word transformation is that there are possibilities. There are new choices that we can make if we understand our past as something that informs the ways that we became but it's not done yet. It's not the end of that story. Right, that subconscious mind that constantly guides us. Absolutely, and you teach your clients how to live purposefully. So I imagine these two go hand in hand. How do you help a client achieve their purpose? How do you help them get there? What are some of the processes that you have in place that you would want to other folks mm-hmm. to know about you or that makes you different from other coaches? So. Purpose has become the cornerstone to all the work that I do. Purpose, interestingly, is, is not just a pretty statement that you put on a wall or a nice post that you find on social media. Purpose is actually a way of living, and you can live purposefully in every moment. It's through purpose that we can activate a very interesting part of our brains, which is our frontal lobe. And in the frontal lobe is actually where our decision-making is. And once we're able to activate that frontal lobe, we are more mindful. We are more aware of what's happening inside of us in a very specific moment of time. So I'm not talking about the cognitive side of the brain or the logical side of the brain. This is really a place where all the decisions are made. By living more purposefully, we actually can change a lot of things that we do on a daily basis. And the way that we create purpose and activate that frontal lobe is through intention, being mindful, being present, being aware of your emotions, also with stretching, getting out of our comfort zones, like trying to do one thing a little differently each time, and also with novelty. So that's why when we read something, you know, our minds kind of open and transform and get to places where we're not physically present. So novelty really brings us to activate that frontal lobe. And then also, obviously, repetition. So the beautiful thing about creating a new way of living with more more purpose is that by doing so, little by little, we rewire our brain through the gift of neuroplasticity. So all of these is, you know, research proven. Um, It's just that we, we don't know about it enough. So purpose, I would say, is the catalyst where transformation happens. What would you do or say with a client who is fear-minded or has that notion of being maybe a little uncomfortable or not sure of themselves, right? Those insecurities pop up as fear. How do you help a client get over their fears? The interesting things to do with fear is fear is inevitable. There's nothing we can do to not feel fear. 
I think what has to change is our approach to fear. So it's not about shutting it down or avoid feeling it or ignoring it. It's about how do we experience fear in our body and then how can we actually embrace that and instead of fighting it or instead of hiding, right, or instead of like running away, how do we ride our fear like a surfer will ride a wave? Because the interesting part is that fear, if you think about it, is the same exhilarating emotion that you feel when you're going down a roller coaster. Right, like every time your 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 legs are hanging the or you excitement. go upside down, like your heart just right. drops. <laughs> right. right, but fear fear is seen as a negative emotion, but it really isn't. It's a beautiful emotion, like all the other emotions that we have, and is is it's understanding that we're all not being chased by a serpent or a lion all the time. So really, whatever that person is feeling fear of doing or saying. It's not going to swallow you. So the steps to overcome fear is the interpretation of that fear as what can possibly fear give to me if I just take that step forward. The what if, that programming of, hey, if I get it done, what if? And if I don't do it, what if? There's no losing. Right. There's winning and learning. There's learning. Yeah. We're a learning process, yeah. right? Uh, recently, I did a presentation on, on failing and fearing that failure, right? Mm-hmm. And I read a quote, and I had read this book many years back, but it said, you know, you're a badass by Jen Shinshiro, <laughs> which has come up in the podcast before. She talks about you're in the process. You can fail, but really you're just collecting information, mm-hmm. So how do you approach that with your clients and help them understand, hey, there may be failure. How are we going to approach that? What are some of the techniques that you share with your clients to help them overcome some of these failures or these humps of failure? Because I feel like, right, they are learning milestones and they are learning processes. So how do you approach that with the client? Well, the the first thing is actually really paying attention to the language and perhaps the judgment that we're giving to those circumstances. Like failure is really kind of like a sense of, you know, judgment or feeling not enough or feeling like, you know, a loser, right? So all of those sentiments and all of those interpretations actually live in our survival brain. And when we're in that survival brain is because we think that there's some danger, but in some circumstances there, there is actually not such danger. So the key with, you know, purpose and intentionality and all of those things is activate the other side of the brain where the frontal lobe is. We also call it the sage perspective. And in the sage perspective, there's this ability to see things from a curiosity standpoint, from an empathy, empathy for others, empathy for ourselves. There's also the sense of, you know, how can we, how can we see what's happening? as a gift, as an opportunity. This is all based on positive intelligence, positive psychology, um, and all the other things that I've studied. But there's, there's a sense that we can actually choose the way that we see the circumstances that we're facing. So the approach that so we the bring. Appro- totally. Yeah. The approach is, it, it can make really a big difference. This episode is sponsored by Breaking Through Coaching. Are you ready to find more satisfaction, success, and fulfillment in your life or career? When you decide you want to make a bigger impact and achieve your goals, you can benefit from hiring the right coach to help you along the way. 
Clara Lucia Carrier is the founder of Breaking Through Coaching, where she helps her clients to be seen, heard, and understood. Through her coaching program, clients will experience rapid development of tools they will need to achieve their potential, leading to satisfaction and success. Learn more at starbreakingthrough.com. That's incredible. And so, of course, your clients are going to find that they're going to have conversations like these and they're going to have in-depth conversations. What happens when you get to a point where you are starting to think about or thinking of these behaviors as possible causes of trauma? Mm So it's a good question, and it's one that I clarify to my clients, too, because it's part of our engagement, our agreement, to really understand what the role of me as a coach is. So when it comes to trauma, I don't treat trauma because I'm not prepared to do that. So I'm not a counselor or I'm not a therapist. I don't treat symptoms. But what I can support the client is to better understand the reasons why he or she may act or may behave in a certain way. And all of that could be triggered because of the way that that person experienced childhood experiences. So I will be very honest. If there's something that is out of my league, I will be the first one to say, you may need professional help in that specific area. But when it doesn't involve that, then what I do is I support that person, create the self-awareness necessary to understand the past, and then also to understand you know, what purpose is and how purpose living is lived. And then from then on, we start looking at a positive mindset, which is really our superpower. We all have it. We just need to kind of like open that lid and then like start to let it happen. And then the last part is about possibilities. There's always the possibility to choose something that is more empowering, to choose something that it's more life-giving. And you said something just now. You are a coach for both men and women in professional career settings, corporate, and also nonprofit? Correct. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you do with nonprofit. My background has been in nonprofit as well. So I understand what it is to live in a mission-driven environment. And there's a lot of things that I think have been taught to us, especially in a place that is mission-driven, the nonprofit sector. And it's about that kind of like mistaken belief about giving from a sacrificial place. So in order for you to feel good about your job, you just need to be depleted and leave it all out there and just sacrifice your own well-being because of the mission of the organization. There's also these scarcity mindset in that setting where, you know, we have little resources of talent and we just like too little and we can't just ask for a lot of money. So all of those things are engraved and they show up in the way that we lead others. So understanding what those are, where they stem from, but also kind of pausing and seeing what's possible Mm -hmm. and making those leaps of, you know, some people call it faith or, you know, but but taking those risks. Mm -hmm. Right. I call them calculated risks. Calculated risks. I love that. I call them assignments because they're a little bit more excitement. I have a friend who calls them divine downloads. So, yeah. There you go. (laughs) I think we all have that. That's incredible. So helping nonprofits get to where they want to be by understanding what some of their strengths are, by understanding what the positives they are doing, how they're impacting the community, and how they can then put those in a positive position to help them grow is what you do. Yeah, and some of their barriers too. Oh, and you help them understand what those are. Great. And Clara, that's something that you do with 
Breaking Through Coaching. Correct. And if a nonprofit wanted to reach you, they can find you at startbreakingthrough.com. Correct. And if a professional man or woman, right, gender, non-biased, <laughs> neutral, gender neutral. You mean a human being? A human being. Yes. Anyone listening. How young are your clients? They're usually either young professionals starting their careers and facing all of those fears that you and I had at one given point. Yeah. And then also, and then they move all the way up into, you know, middle level managers, uh, but also leaders. Being in leadership position, and that's something that I also revisit with my clients because leadership to me means having influence and we all have influence regardless of what we are or title. But in the traditional way of looking at leadership, it's a pretty lonely place for someone to be. There's expectations about how they need to be or not be, what they need to say, how they need to say it. And in trying to please and meet all of those unrealistic ways of being and doing, they lose themselves in the process. Yeah, the expectations are steep. They say it's lonely at the top, and that's the reason why the expectations and the rules of engagement do change. Well, that's the reason you created this wonderful group. Yes, (laughs) but you know, you and I know each other from networking, so I completely understand the fear of being a young professional coming into a networking environment, you know, talking and speaking with company leaders and CEOs and VPs and founders and folks in the community that have just done monumental things, you're coming as a young professional, it's scary. So I get it. I understand. And, you know, you're right. When you build your own table and you're trying to make it work and some folks see it as an amazing opportunity and others see it as a threat, I mean, you've got to engage through all of that nonsense sometimes. Right. And the so, majority of the time is nonsense. Yeah. It's your stinking thinking making stories about <laughs> the reality that is really not. Absolutely. And you just have to keep going through it, yeah. right? And keep going through it. And I always like the remember why you started it. And remember why you, you're doing it. So this has been phenomenal, a phenomenal conversation. Is there any um is there anything that you felt we may have not talked about yet? Or that's something that you want to bring up? There's only one life that we were giving, at least that we know of. There's a lot of that life that it's still open to to be explored, to be conquered. There's a lot of the story that you have known about yourself that is still yet to be written. Things are not just done. I, I hate the expression, it is what it is, because it really isn't. So I think my purpose is to come alongside people to support them in finding a more purposeful way of living and working. And that is my fulfillment. And we all need someone outside of our own brains that can walk our walk and that can tell us the truth that maybe family or friends wouldn't. That, you know, that person that can help us, you know, see beyond our own limitations. That's that's a great perspective. I mean, and you've been a contributor in Women of Aurora already. But what made you join the group other than me inviting you? <laughs> it was your your vision for it. I mean, networking events can be tedious, to be honest. But I I saw that this group had a purpose and it was about connection. It was about humanity. How do do we just bring ourselves with the best of us and, you know, maybe the, the gray days and the gray, you know, things that we go through life. So it was an invitation to connect, to communicate with other fellow women who have been struggling and achieving great heights. And it was a place to be. 
I didn't need to pretend. I didn't need to, you know what I mean? I just needed to show up and be and just feel with the connection and the intimacy of the group and the experiences of other women. Well, I'm glad you found it in Women of Aurora because that's, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head and I absolutely love that you're a part of it and you've been a contributor and I can't wait to see what else we can do together. I just have one last question and we ask this of all of our guests. If you had one book recommendation, what would you recommend the ladies? And is it something you're reading now that you've read before and why? Yes. So it's something I read when I started this journey, but it's also a book that I'm reading again now that I have kind of a new set of values and lenses and all of that. The book is When the Heart Waits, and the author is Sue Monk. And the reason why I love this book is because this is actually her personal spiritual awakening. Uh, That awakening to her meant growth and transformation and becoming someone else. Um, She was like in her 50s and it was time to like let go of a lot of things and just rethink what was possible. What kind of women was she becoming or wanted to be? She had to let go of a lot of things, connections, you know, relationships, mistaking beliefs, right? And she compared that process with the process of from chrysalis to butterfly. To her, both are beautiful. Both are unique and both are needed, right? So beautiful things happen in, you know, in those two processes and both have a purpose, right? And both feel, you know, they're both filled with pain and struggle and hurt and sadness, but also with joy and satisfaction and peace and a lot of grace. Well, that's an incredible book. I'm going to have to pick it up. I have not heard of it. When the Heart Waits. Thank you for being here today, Clara. It's been such an amazing time, you know, just getting to chat with you again, seeing where you're at, and congratulations on your graduation. Tell, tell us again the college. It's, um, so I graduated from the Wright Graduate University with a master's in transformational leadership and coaching. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you so much, Cindy. Many thanks to our producer, Amy Downing of Amy Downing Media and Marketing. Looking for a space to create connections in Aurora, Illinois? Join the Women of Aurora Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know in the Facebook group and be sure to tell a friend. If you haven't yet, remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. See you next time.